Hey, what's up? My name is Nate, and you're listening to the best podcast on the planet. It's called Life Tips. Everyday life topics with advice and tips for becoming a better you. Isn't that amazing? The reality is that nobody is perfect. There's always going to be downfall with rising, and there's something to improve upon every single day. So follow along in this episode, and I'll help you take yesterday's mistakes and master them for a new tomorrow. Let's go! If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. It's great to have you. If you're a current listener or faithful listener, welcome back and thanks for your continued support of the show. I really appreciate it. What's up, world? Welcome back to Life Tips. This is Nate. And um, yeah, happy Sunday. Uh, this is my second time actually recording a podcast episode on Sunday, uh, where Sunday was actually picked as the recording date. I did record episode 10 on the Sunday, but that's only because my guests were available that day. But in terms of having an actual date and time to uh, schedule my own, I've never actually picked Sunday until today. But anyway, we're here. It's the second day of August, and uh, it's the first Sunday of the new month, so um, yeah, first time for everything, but anyway, to make a long story short, she's here, it's happening, I finally reconnected with my dear friend Angelina all the way back from, goodness, freshman year, which was like a decade ago, so... It's been quite some time, like actual actual lengths of years since we've caught up. Because the last time I remember speaking with her, and she's on FaceTime right now, so I can see her. Um, the last thing I remember from from Angelina all those years ago was that she was probably a few days or maybe even a week fresh off of getting married. And she was still working at a grocery store. That is the last thing I remember from Angelina when we lost touch. But um, a few years later, I mean, I've been following her ever since a decade ago. And she you know, got married, had kids, came out the cut with her business, started a podcast. And... Honestly, there's been no love lost until today. So before we get into this episode, let's welcome Angelina to the show for the first time. Wow! I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank I, you. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm excited to I'm excited to do this and bring you back and see you so um yeah go ahead um go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself yeah so i think you gave like a great introduction um <laughs> um so yeah i'm a wife and i'm a mom um 
I um, I currently live in Virginia. I'm still in Lynchburg, actually. We still live in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, and I um, am a full-time worker and part-time entrepreneur. Um, I still work full-time. Um, I work at Wells Fargo, actually. So, um, And then, I mean, I'm just like a full-round creative. I think when anybody asks me, like, who I am or what do I do, I'm just creative. I just create. Um, whether it's something like I create something for myself or I help others create something for themselves, I just create. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Story time. Here we go. Y'all about to hear this for the first time ever. Um, wow. Okay. So let's, let's think about this for a second. Whew, that was a decade ago. So how I don't think I ever asked you this, but and that's and that's a shame. But how how did you originally reach Liberty University all those all those years back? How how did you get there? Um, so I guess it started off like so um my hometown, well kind of like my hometown is only forty five minutes from Lynchburg, right? So I was part of this gear up program and we would take college campus tours and Liberty was like one of the main ones we'd always go to. So we'd always come to a basketball game or anything like that. And so I had two other friends who really wanted to go to Liberty. So every time we had like a trip to Liberty, we would always go together. Um, we went to Seafall together and I think Seafalls are like really locked it in. It was like the fall before I graduated high school. And so when I came to Seafall, I stayed on the hill um and i went to like this really awesome concert they have because you know liberty really does it up whenever they're going to have seafall because they want everyone to come um so they have all this extra stuff and so once i came to seafall i was like yeah this is exactly where i want to be um this is where i want to go this is the college for me i applied to other colleges i got in but i still wanted to go to liberty um and so me my and my two best friends actually went to liberty together one of them was my roommate, and the other one like lived like down the way on East. But yeah, that's how I came to Liberty. Um, had no idea what I wanted to major in or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I got there. Mm. So basically, Seafall pulled me in. Like it was definitely Seafall. Wow. Yeah, I think that I think that did it for me too. Um, college for a weekend. That. That really did it, and yeah. I think they know that too. Like that's why they pull out like all these extra stops and picture like the nicest people because they're like, we really want you to come, and so they have all those special concerts only during Seafall. Mm -hmm. And then you know the Rot was cooking the good food during. Oh gosh! <laughs> so, oh the Rot! Yeah. Uh, the place the 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 Rot for those of y'all who don't know is the cafeteria at Liberty University. And um, who was a mixed bag? Uh, some yeah, good and bad, good and bad. Good and bad. Some people ate there. Some people didn't. I was blessed to live on East, and thankfully, oh goodness, thankfully there was a um, there was a little place right in walking distance of us, and uh, it was totally amazing was called Silver Diner and it was actually Silver Diner they actually at Liberty that actually introduced me to Silver Diner worldwide so that's kind of how I started eating that silver I ate at Silver Diner so much 
<laughs> oh goodness. Um. Anyway. Um. <clears throat> so when did when did I meet you? Like when did we okay. actually meet? Because I'm trying to remember this. So after Seafall, um, someone created that Liberty University class of 2016 page on Facebook. Do you remember that page? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That That's page. how a bunch of us met. Like oh. like hundreds of us met. Mm. It was like Danielle and Jamie. It was like so many of us on that page. And so that's actually how we, I think we first met. I don't remember how we met in person, but I remember like, it was like probably like six or seven months before any of us even went to Liberty. Like we all became acquainted with one another. Mm. Yeah. Like it was a, it was a, a Shelby. It was like a long time before any of us actually met in person. A long time. We all just used to talk online a lot and stuff. And then some of the people in there ended up not coming to Liberty, but most right. of us did come to Liberty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's how we, me and you. Um, oh yeah, because I feel like I feel like they started that page while we were still like, like we were still, high school. We were still in high school, and they started the yeah, page, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool! Like, I'm connecting with people that are going to Liberty, and I brought. Well, Chris came with me, but um, yeah, that's how it happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone was in there. It was Chris, Kayla. I mean, it was so many. It was so many of us in there. I mean, it's all spread out now. Like, right. Doing, like, so many different things. It's really cool to think about it. I know. And uh, just to keep the story going, I know y'all are like, when are you going to get in the episode? We're going to get into it. Just give, just give us a few minutes to catch up. Like, we got, we got it. I mean, <laughs> her husband's in the background, by the way. Um, I, re I can clearly remember. I met BJ first and then I ended up meeting you and we we actually spent a lot of time to, we spent a lot of time together at school in freshman year that was I clearly remember that clearly cuz we would we would talk I about I was part of like, the center for me. Yes. Were you part of the center? Yeah. That, I was yep. yep. And then we were the group too so that's how. Yep. Yep. Um, I remember that now too. And just BJ and I would talk almost ever almost all the time. We'd like try to meet up from time to time at school. We'd talk life, relationships a lot, especially with you know, you two date y'all started dating right at like freshman year, I wanna say like it was it was like second semester. Second semester. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Because okay, there we go. Now it's coming back to me. But still, he talked about you a lot, and then we ended up actually meeting. Did we meet? We met through Center for Me, right? Okay. Okay. And then, then it all um, it all went to it all faded. It all Thanos snap faded away when. I left in that off the random at the end of freshman year and um, never came back. And that was my fault. But <clears throat> the, the next thing I want to find out is what actually happened, what actually happened after freshman year? Cause that's, cause I'm like, all right, I'm not going to, I'm clearly going on a different direction, but I know BJ and Ange will graduate from Liberty. And then 
Well, the next thing I remember, I definitely remember you working at the grocery store while you were at school. I don't forget what BJ was doing at the time. And like, but then we lost touch. And I, st- I remember talking to you off and on, you know, throughout that second semester. And then after that, it was like, kaput. Like, what happened? What happened? Like, because you got married to him around the same, almost the same time, right? Or do I have the events? I may have the events mixed up, guys. But... Okay, so I actually, we went back to Liberty for sophomore year. Right. Yeah, and then we went one semester. I We got engaged in 2014. I didn't get married to 2015. Oh. So, yeah. So, like, it was like, Year after year, but I was still like I was still working at the grocery store when I got engaged and married. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So like I went to soft. I left first semester. Later that year is when I got engaged and then I got married. Twenty fifteen. So yeah. Mm. And then, that's the one thing that was in my head. I was like, is she still the, the 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 first thing I wanted to ask you when you popped on camera? I'm like. Are you still working for that same grocery store that you were at no, all those years ago? No, no, no. I left. <laughs> I left that store because I was a, a manager at the store mm-hmm. um, once I got married, and then once I had Jonah, um, right after my maternity leave, I went straight to the bank, and I've been there ever since. Okay. Yeah, so I've been at Wells Fargo ever since. Yeah, so now I'm a manager at Wells Fargo. Mm. So. Wow. Just climb corporate ladder here, I suppose. Mm. Wow, that is goodness gracious. So um while you were climbing the corporate ladder, goodness, okay, so that was 2014, 2015. Uh, I was in between community college and trying to find employment. But I didn't really find employment until uh, late, literally late 2015, when I got hired over at Allstate, and my my old boss at the time, yeah, my old boss at the time, God rest his soul, he unfortunately passed uh, earlier this year. Yeah, but um, he took a chance on me thanks to a friend of mine at community college that knew I needed a job and was looking for something, and I think 2015. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was 10 years. It was 2011, I want to say, 2012, that my mom ended up, you know, working for Allstate. So it was kind of crazy that three years later, I'd end up working, we'd end up, you know, working for the same company, but we were in uh, separate agencies. So for a good year, I worked there and then that agency went bankrupt in 2017. And so I ironically went over to my mom's boss's house and like I did run an errand for her over there. And I was unemployed at the time. And my boss and my mom's boss was like, you know, so do you want to talk about what happened? I told her what happened. And uh, the next, within the next week, I get a call from her 
saying, hey, do you want to come work for my Allstate agency? So I ended up going from a competing Allstate agency to the same Allstate agency as my mom. And so we ended up working together for a good year. And then Allstate was just like, you know, we're going in a different direction. You know, this isn't really working out. And so I hopped back on the unemployment train. I also went over to a grocery store. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard of. I'm not sure if you heard of Giant Food. You probably have, but yeah, yeah. I went over there, and oh boy! So while you were a manager at the grocery store, they put me outside with the carts. Oh man! Yeah, well, I got them sometimes. I got them sometimes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was outside with the carts, and that was that was the worst job I ever worked. The worst. Like they're. The management was so bad. Whoo! Um, so it's a stressful. It's a stressful job. Like yes. managing in a grocery store, I'm telling you, is a very stressful job. Like I feel like it's more stressful at a grocery store than at the bank. Mm. Just the amount of things that you have to do at the grocery store versus at the bank. Like the bank is more like serious work mm-hmm. and more compliance related, where the grocery store is more service related. So like you're gonna be busier, you know. Yeah, um, they both can be equally stressing, but I'm telling you, the grocery store is like a it's like a jungle. I loved getting paid every week, but the flex the fluctuation in hours is what was killing me, like yeah. crazy. Not being able to take off hardly as much when we would have family trips and social stuff with friends, and that kind of impacted. Not kind of, it did impact the start of my. Uh, public figure life because i started my blog in 2015 uh angelina probably remembers the blog um because it was every i was it was everywhere it was all i was talking about and then two years later in 2017 is when i started my speaking career in washington dc went to a faith-based open mic called sunday social it was it was only the third sunday of the month but still uh in no time we we turned an open mic into a church service. So everybody at the open mic was coming up to the to the stage doing crazy worship songs every every month. And I'm over here like, all right, if we're gonna turn this into a church, I might as well just come with the word every month. So every month. So we just kind of did turn it into a church and they started calling me the Sunday social pastor out of nowhere. I'm like, yo. Anyway, um, not a pastor, but uh, it was fun. We had a good, it was a good three years. And then, of course, um, I broke out of that in last October 2019 to start the podcast because I don't like to have, I don't like to, you know, have a bunch of things on my plate at once, especially if you can't handle it. So the blog got cut for speaking and then, uh, actually physically going out to dc became crazy because they switched the location the old place closed went to a new place and it was way harder to get there and um angie knows about you know the ubering struggle and the lyft struggle so uh yeah um and then once i started my podcast i realized it was gonna you know be a hit and help me get more speaking engagements because the open mics were capping me at like 10 and 10 and five and three minutes. And I'm like, you can't get everything you want to say out in three minutes. So I was just like, all right, I need to back off and take a break. So I did start my podcast and now 
now we're approaching a thousand nine hundred plus downloads and it's been literally 10 months and it's just been amazing so that is pretty much the short little catch-up that we needed to have i'm sorry y'all but i haven't seen my friend in a decade we had to catch up and um so yeah um i eventually of course did leave giant to work for farmers full-time and i've been with farmers for the last two years despite the pandemic coming and cutting up cutting up my uh old agency in half to where you know my, my boss is still my old boss is still running it but uh he's just by himself and uh i switched over to another farmer's agency and what do you, what do, you do at farmers so at farmers i'm a customer service rep okay. um but i basically like to tell people that i you know i help people for a living basically uh so my job is to guide people towards the age because i'm not licensed yet so my job is to guide people towards the agents and then they will take take it from there i'm also in charge of marketing so even at my old agency i did this so i just transferred my job skills over to a new agency uh and this new agency that i'm that i'm with uh my current boss has her name trademarked so she can have farmers under her she has another side business called world financial it's a, uh, network marketing uh finance business thing and um so i'm joining that team as well uh working on it i'm also getting my life and health license because the new trend in uh the insurance world isn't really focused on pnc which houses auto home you know business you know, et cetera et cetera the new focus in the insurance world is shifting over to life and health, which is, I mean, good for good reason. The pandemic came. Everyone needs life insurance now, just in case. So, um, yeah, um, I, have a, I have an actual team now. It's me, my boss and her husband, and we all run the show together. So between the, I get to work from home, thank God. Um, so it's just been really great to just... Uh, have a great career helping people and then of course you know help people with my platform with the podcast with speaking engagements that are constantly rising but anyway we're going to take a commercial break i'm going to tell angie the rest of the story but y'all have heard the you know the catch up long enough I'm set this commercial break up and then we'll come back to continue the story Want to get smooth jazz like this into your podcast? YouTube has the answer. No, they're not sponsoring this, but this information is publicly available to anyone. All you have to do is hit up www.youtube.com and search for non-copyright smooth jazz with sax. Because let's be honest, nobody has time to deal with copyright lawsuits out here. So, remember... That's www.youtube.com and search. Now, let's ride this out for a bit and then we'll return for more with Nate and his guests.
So we're back, and I have Ange here with me. So as you all heard, she got married in 2015 and started a family. But take us back. Take us back in time for a bit. Um, so how did you actually... How did you actually end up meeting your husband? You know, what was the what was the dating process like? How did he propose to you? And um, and then you know, are there any life tips or advice that you have for a young married couple who may be listening, singles out there who are listening, single women in particular who are listening right now? Um, you know, yeah. To take that away. Okay, so um, coincidentally, I actually met my husband at the Rock. That's exactly where I met him. I remember when I met him; it was during Seafall, not during our Seafall, but I was hosting Seafalls actually. Okay. Um, and a couple of them were from my high school, and I remember I met him in the hamburger line. Um, and he, of course, being a gentleman, introduced himself. Um, but yeah, that's where I met him at. Um, and then the dating process was very different, I guess, for me because mm-hmm. we, we would call it courting. Right. Um, so it was different, um, but very necessary. Um, and I mean, it's, I guess it would be like dating like any any other couple would do, young couple would do, go on mm-hmm. dates, movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think anything like really much different than the typical one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wouldn't like I tell people now because I have a lot of single friends now, especially females. I have a lot of single female friends, mm-hmm. and I tell them all the time I wouldn't know what to do in the world today as a dating. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, I tell them I think God I'm married all the time because like the craziness that they have to put up with. Or just the craziness that men and women have put with in the world today. It's just so different because people aren't as valued anymore. You know, mm-hmm. people don't value other people as much anymore. Um, so it's not really a respect level. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not old fashioned. Like in certain ways, I'm old fashioned, but I don't believe in gender roles. Mm-hmm. I, I don't okay. believe like in a marriage that the wife has to be the cook or the wife has to be the cleaner or the husband has to bring home the bacon. Like I don't believe. Mm-hmm. That this should be gender constraints, and I'm, that's right. how I'm a lot different from other women. Okay. Um, so, like any advice I usually give people if they're dating to marry mm-hmm. or if they're newly and fresh married is like get rid of gender constraints. Mm. Like if that's something that you and your significant other want to do, that's fine. But already have that conversation before you get to a certain point of you know these are things that I like to do, these are things I don't like to do because like. People say all the time that marriage is 50-50, but it's really not. It's really 100-100. And at the end of the day, certain parts of your significant other have to die so you can make up for that and vice versa. And so sometimes that's not going to happen where, you know, they'll get ma- like a, a man and a woman to get married. And the woman's like, well, now I'm a wife. I'm supposed to cook, clean, do laundry. But she's probably never cooked a day in her life. You know what I mean? Or she's probably not the best cleaner. And then that gets her stressed out. Same thing with a man. Like, a man can be like, well, now I'm married. I'm supposed to um, make the most money, bring home the bacon. My wife's supposed to stay at home. But maybe that's just not his reality, you know? Maybe the woman makes more money, and that's perfectly okay. Um, society has put such a damper on the 
the process of it and like the stereotype of a marriage um and of course it starts like biblically i mean i'm not saying that a man shouldn't be the main provider but a man can provide in other ways i'm not mm-hmm. saying a woman mm-hmm. can clean but it's nothing wrong with a man doing it either i'm just saying that it puts unnecessary stress where it doesn't need to be at just you know live your life free of gender constraints. that's what i would tell people honestly like that's the best thing that has basically worked for us you know it's like it doesn't have to be like what you see in movies it doesn't have to be what grandma and grandpa did you know like we don't live in grandpa and grandpa's world anymore like it's 2020 it's completely different i will say though like i do tell a lot of my single female friends like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um if you decide to pursue like a man, if you decide to do something like that, just honestly, just be open as much as you want to be open. You don't mm. have to sit there. You have to dump your entire life history on them. Wow. Everyone's not able to handle that. Um, really just take their time, you know? And I do believe that it's perfectly okay. I personally, if I were to be single, I think it is perfectly okay for a woman to date multiple people mm. as long as they're not in a mm-hmm. relationship with multiple people. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with a man, like, as long as it's understood, like, it's okay to date around because you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to learn different people. And sometimes the people you're going to date with just end up being your friend mm-hmm. or this ain't going to work out and you're weird. So I'm totally like, we're not, we're not going to do this anymore. Like, I feel like that's okay. Just because the type of world we live in is faster, you know, than 10 years ago. It's, it's more, just more to do than 10 years ago. Um, social media is completely different from 10 years ago. The population alone is different from 10 years ago. So there's so many reasons why I feel like that's okay. Now, if you asked me that 10 years ago, I would have been like, no. Like, if we're dating, it's just us. Mm. That's all it is. But, mm. um, you know, life changes people. So That was my I, next. Yeah. I, tell, I tell my friend, like, look, date around. Like, if you're not, you don't have an obligation to anybody, it's okay. Go on and go on a date. Like, go on a date. Don't come over to go over someone's house, just watch a movie and order pizza. Like, get dressed up and go out on a date. Like, you don't have to Netflix and chill with everyone. Like, don't Netflix and chill with everybody. Like, actually go out, enjoy yourself, experience something new, you know? Go to a concert or something. Like, enjoy the dating process. Don't Netflix and chill all the time. Wow. That's. And that's what I was going to get get to next, just br- just briefly, because she's right. A decade ago, or the ten years ago, at this point, when we first, when we initially we all met each other uh, at at Liberty, the world was totally different. Now, ten years later, we've got cancel culture. We've got celebrities running around, you know, chicken with the head cut off, you know. Mental health, it, mental health is everywhere, and um, we've got shoot like we're we're living on the internet because of the pandemic, and everyone has something to say yeah, about every yeah, everybody so. has something to say about everything. We're so sensitive, and that was my next question for you. Even though it's not in the like official list of questions, but it's like what what have you noticed like over the last ten years that is like different from you know when we you know first met like culturally because you said that if you had asked if i'd asked you 10 years ago about you know 
about dating other people, you would have said, no, nah, let's date exclusively. And I was like, OK, so the old Angie from 10 years ago had a different thought process and a different yeah. you know, belief on things. And now it's like just to see the the growth over the, la the next the last several years has just been so like phenomenal and like it's like we don't even take dating seriously anymore like like you said there's so oh, no, many exactly there's 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 yeah. all these apps and there's and instagram is how we date people now apparently and so anyway did you want to touch on that real quick just the new normal well, i that think i think one of the main things that mm -hmm. i can say is completely different is like piggybacking off what you're saying about like the mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. I think that is a whole conversation that's become way more relevant now and mm -hmm. okay to have right. versus 10 years ago. So like 10 years ago, if someone told you, hey, I'm depressed, they would label you like you're sick. Mm -hmm. They would label you like, oh, you need to like do something about that. You're depressed. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? There's no cure for you. Or like even to the point where um, oh, you, you need to go to a doctor. They're the only ones that can help you. Now someone says, like, hey, look, I'm depressed. There's so many resources, even online. There are people in the community that are being trained to handle certain things. I mean, that's around depre depression, manic depression, eating disorders, um, anxiety. Um, the, the downside that I will say about the conversation of mental health awareness is that some people are unable to distinguish whether they actually have a mental health issue or if they're just having a bad day. There's, wow. It's completely different. There mm. is, today I had a bad day. Today it was just rough because, you know, I had a lot on my plate and this happened and that happened, but tomorrow I'll be fine. That person necessarily does not have a mental health issue. Mm. It's just they had a bad day because everyone's entitled to bad days. But there are some people where the day is going great they're having a great day, but their anxiety is still kicking their tail and they are still can't get out of those dark thoughts. That is someone who's dealing with mental health um, issues. And so being able to distinguish between the two has been the issue. Some people will label their sad days as depression every single time mm -hmm. to the point where either they're actually going to become depressed or they're hanging on to the word so much, um, almost for attention. almost. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you're not depressed, don't call it depressed. You know, right. it's okay to say I'm having a bad day, but you don't have to say you're depressed if you're not. And it's important because there are people out here that are actually depressed that won't get the help and they won't seek um, help from doctors or counselors or anything like that because they feel as if that everyone's already taking all of it or it's not that serious because so-and-so deals with it. So I need mm -hmm. to deal with it as well. Um, but I am happy about the fact that we're able to have the conversation especially in the black community because mm -hmm. 10 years ago grandma would have told you to get up or grandma would have been like well it was worse than my day you know but now grandma might ask you okay so what are some things that you're doing to help yourself or your friend instead of brushing you off and leaving you alone for the day would be like all right let's go take a drive let's talk about it some more um and everyone doesn't have to be a clinically trained psychologist or a psychiatrist um, there's just resources that we can reach out to. There's toll free numbers um, that help save lives every day. You know, so I'm I'm glad about the conversation because the com the relevance of the conversation has saved my life, and mm. I know that it's still important to have, and it's important to have not only for the person who deals with the mental health, but their support system. Mm -hmm. um, 
I know we recently just had our our youngest son. It was something so powerful that my doctor said he's a he's a Haitian doctor, and I had an issue with not being able to get the help that I needed while I was at the hospital. So my husband he spoke up. Wow. He was like, my wife asked for like this medicine, and the nurse wouldn't give it to them, but give it to her. What's going on? And so basically, you know, having having all this conversation and get what I needed, and mm-hmm. my husband got to the doctor and everything. Something the doctor said was. Even though my husband is supporting me, someone needs to support him. Mm. He's going to take all his time supporting me through something, but then who is his support system? Wow. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's a level of understanding that a lot of people forget mm-hmm. that even though you have someone supporting you through your problems, through your issues, they also need that support as well. So being able to have that in place as well um, in the community is, is it's amazing. Mm. So I would say like, I like people being able to use their platforms to talk about it. I like the fact that on social media that people are being able to openly talk about it. Um, especially, you know, like I said, in our African-American community, because so many of us have been told to pray about it or go to church. Mm-hmm. And there's just something, you can pray about it all. I guess you can pray about it all, but God says certain people here for certain things. And so if they're not here to help us, why else do we place them there? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other things that are biological. So, you know, um, there's different ways that you can get help. So, yeah. So I would say that that's one of the main things that I've noticed, like, completely different. Wow. And, I mean, speaking of other things that are completely different. Now, I probably shouldn't have put this here in the notes uh, because it's not true. But, um and that was my fault. I, I was under the impression that when I found out about this, I was like, oh, wow, they really went all, they really went all the way, all the way deep in this. Because last I saw B, last I saw BJ, we were at school. Now this man is a full time artist. And I'm like, hold on. He and Angie went full time with artistry. OK, businesses. OK, savvy. One day. One, One day. day. One yes. day, and the thing is, like, I but I do enjoy my full time job. Mm-hmm. I do, I do actually do enjoy working at um, Wells Fargo. I actually really, really like it. Um, and they're one thing I like about the company is I've become very, very adamant about diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. in like every aspect mm-hmm. of my life, like okay. every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've sat on certain boards with the bank about you know around diversity and inclusion and things like that. And they are very supportive of whatever you do outside of work. So, like, they'll give grants to the arts. Um, they love creatives. There's so many of us wow. that work in things that are just creatives on the outside. Of, mm. of the like, there's one girl all the way in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes, like, at at our work, we do these, like, huddles in the morning. And we okay. do, like, this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, her huddle went viral. She's a rapper outside of the bank, right? And like her huddle, like her rap during her huddle went viral. Like she's an actual rapper outside of the bank. Oh wow! And so get her connected. And I thought that was like so cool to have like a fellow creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and they understand that balance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like Oprah, they give like grants to like so many things in the community around arts and education because they really do believe like arts um is very important for expression. Mm-hmm. So um, I do enjoy the fact that I work for a company that supports things like that. Wow. 
And I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm pretty sure that your job is supporting, you know, both you and your, uh, you and your husband. If you don't mind, talk about that for a minute. Like, when did, when did you first know that, uh, that your husband was go was going to be, like, be into the, the hip hop, you know, industry and like, what are you, where's that at? And then, you know, you started My Poetic Truth, what, three, four years ago? Five so years actually, ago? Actually, it's um Poetic Truth, and that actually was his idea. Oh? Yeah, so that was, so he is a very versatile artist. So, okay. like, he's done worship, he, R&B, hip-hop, rap, okay. funk. So I categorize him as a very versatile artist, an R&B artist first, but he honestly is very eclectic. Mm, um, okay. And Poetic Truth is actually his idea. He came up with like the name. Um, if I can remember correctly, it was him and his friend came up with it together. Um, and I think like my husband's main goal was to be able to have a movement that was true to poetry, but because you know, poetry is like the foundation of rap and the foundation mm -hmm. of lyrics. Um, and then just open his writing truth through it. And so, I mean, he came up with the name, and then I just took it and ran with it. Because I knew it was like he was that serious about it, um, then this was something that would be really beneficial. So I just had a fellow lady entrepreneur in the city walk up the logo for me. I hired her to do that, um, and then from there, me and him worked together on it. And we still do on a lot of things, even though I would like to leave him room to be an artist. But he's very, very influential in the things that we do. Um, but you know, sometimes we still like get your way around exactly what is poetic truth, what exactly do we do. Mm -hmm. um, but we've been plugged into like the community here at uh, in Lynchburg with like downtown and we do events and we do concerts and he's hired on the scene for things. Like he honestly, just recently, Shameless Club, he had to go to YouTube and look up downtown Avon, Lavelle, because he just did a segment on downtown Avon. Um, and it was a... They created downtown Afon because it's like a telephone, right? Okay. Um, because of social distancing and things, right. they couldn't have an actual concert. Mm -hmm. So they, what they did was like they streamed live for twelve hours. Mm. Money to actually rebuild our downtown area in Lynchburg, and so they had different artists come out and sing and stuff. So he did like a ten minute set of all of his original music. So you definitely have to go look at that. It was amazing. He did such a great job. Um, it was like one of his first times to be debuting like all original music as well. Mm. Um, but like we do things like that. Um, we host poetry nights. Um, and then Board of Truth actually has like a professional service as well where I do bios for people. I write up their biographies for them, like if they want to use them on the website and things like that. Um, I do copywriting, which is, and I have to like be careful when I tell people I do copywriting because I don't copyright your work. I do copywriting in a sense where if you have like a work that you wrote, I can write the summary for it or like the preview for it. Or if you have a magazine, I can do some of the work in the magazine for you, like interviews and things like that. Um, and then I'm a notary as well. So I do notary services. Um, so it has like its own little professional side as well. And so like hairstylists, they hire me a lot to do their bios, um, other rappers, um, things like that. And so yeah, Part of Truth is still adding layers to it, but right now we're just really pushing Lavelle and his brand and who he is um, as his management service. So 
hopefully one day in the future we'll be able to mo- manage multiple artists. But right now he is our only artist. Mm-hmm. Um, we do we do publicist work for other people, but that's very limited. Mm-hmm. Just so we can all we can full of house. So yeah. But like I didn't have to know like he was gonna be like that because like he's always been creative. You know, um, just hearing what like all he did in high school and stuff like that. You know, he and the thing is he still works too. So like right. he's very busy. Like he still works a job and then he does like full time um, music as well. And so um, you know, I think it takes a very it takes a very committed person to be able to do that. Yeah. Like I do my poetry, of course, and I do like other things as well, and work full time. But to be able to create in that level, um, you have to have a really good support system, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to have, um, and you have to have the diligence to want to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I he I I never had to know that he's going to be that way. Like I already know, like like when I met him, I knew he was going to do music in some manner. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know it would be at the level he is now. Like, I didn't know it was going to be secular music, you know, but I'm very thankful because, like, his music is amazing. It's very truthful. A lot of people can relate to it. And the good thing about it is, like, so many people like his music. So mm-hmm. many different types of people. It's important to be able to reach out to different types of people, not just one mainstream of people. Like, so many different people like his music. So, mm-hmm. it's the good. yeah. And, like, break barriers. Like, we can still do secular music. But if someone hires him to do something else, he can go do that as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, right, right, and that's that's what I like most about um, BJ and Ange. I remember one hundred. I remember one hundred percent. They their foundation of just being rooted in Christ is just so strong. They're one of the strongest God fearing people that. I've known and and you know it's crazy to hear that she you know mentioned that you know the type of music that her husband does because that was one of the key things that I personally improved upon in my faith. I can remember being extremely you know extremely bible heavy and legalistic and you know, there that that does that does come from you know having the liberty background. I did adopt some of the things that liberty uh, taught me from a faith-based perspective, but at the time, liberty was a little bit more like crazy strict and crazy insane about certain things that you know you can and can't you know do and they're just some of their teachings and philosophies were a little bit too strict and less you know less open and less inviting towards you know people that were not in in not in the faith so to hear that you know bj and Ange like have a have a lecrae perspective about them is just amazing because I had to learn, I had to learn that I had to adopt that whole, you know, sacred versus secular, the bifocals. There's no such thing as, you know, secular because music is music and there's, you know, there's things that are in culture that can be redeemed for, for God's glory. And also just, you can tell, there's many different ways to 
spread to spread the good news and to share the gospel. That is the number one thing I learned is that there's no one clear cut way of sharing the gospel. And, you know, just because you enjoy life doesn't mean you're you've got one foot in the church and one foot out the church. There's just so many things that were messed up about the church and about just certain teachings and stuff that I had to unlearn over time. So just to hear you say that, you know, that, you know, you can walk in that realm of just creating dope art and, you know, still hold true to your faith is just absolutely amazing. And the thing is, I remember having a conversation one time when a few conversations like that, Mm -hmm. where I used to be like, no, I don't want to be exposed to that type of music and Mm. I don't think those types of people. And and I remember um, my husband told me, you know, you miss an opportunity anytime you feel that way. Mm. You miss an opportunity. And, you know, one thing I found in life, life can keep you in the tail. So, like, 10 years ago, my belief system could have been different than it is now. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, like, yesterday, he had a show yesterday. And he sung with the funk band. And at the end of the show, it was a girl that you, that sings with him sometimes as backup. And she was going to do gospel. So they just had funk music. And now they're going to do gospel. And so um, I was talking to her. I was like, okay, because we, we're having these plans later on. And she sings with him. But she sings with him when he does secular music. And so um, I always ask people who usually do gospel music, are you okay with this? Mm. So the lyrics, you know, because some people aren't. Some people right. aren't. They're not okay with that. And that's okay. I can't be mad about that. Um, even when it comes to the musicians, a lot of the musicians here are gospel musicians because we're in a Bible heavy yes. city. Mm-hmm. So like I have to tell them, listen, this is it. These are the lyrics. It will be censored, but are you still okay with playing this? Are you still okay with being exposed to this? Mm-hmm. And so me and her had a conversation yesterday. I was like, yeah, well, I really appreciate you coming out because I know that you do gospel, um, but I know that you back up sing for him on secular. She's like, oh no, I do both. And one thing she said was, because love is love, you know, mm-hmm. he sings about love. He sings mm. about and that's important to know too is like you can still reach people like you miss an opportunity anytime you feel like you have to box in or certain people can't be exposed to art like that's that's kind of cool like that's mm-hmm. not okay so like wow. you have to be able to take those opportunities in those moments mm. that is wow so speaking of taking opportunities and moments when we come back this is the best this is the best part of the conversation that I've been looking forward to for like a long time. So just bear with us for one more commercial break and then we'll come back to finish up. Need a speaker for your next event? One who resonates with and understands people and will provide a balanced perspective for any audience? You need to call Nate. You can reach him at underscore orator Nate on Instagram, the wise orator on Facebook, or his website at www.natejones2016.wixsite.com backslash who is Nate Jones. Now, let's go finish up that episode, shall we? There we go. Okay, for the third time in a row, I am actually recording. You're still here, right? Because it, okay, thought, yeah. thought you were gone for a second, but um, what I was trying to say for the last two random re-recording segments is that 
as Ange and I continue to be connected on Facebook over the years, uh, not only did I get hip to poetic truth uh, over the course of you know the years that it's been running, which by the way they have a T-shirt line plug. We'll get yeah. we'll get there later. I got a bunch of plugs. I'm gonna plug in. Like, There's a bunch, a bunch of plugs, of plugs coming later, but T-shirt line is fire. But anyway, um, I had no idea that Ange was a fellow podcaster until that connection came about. And I think I saw I think I saw it from your page first, and then or was it the anchor? Was it the anchor podcast Facebook group that I actually saw it? And then it kind of went back, or was it back and forth? I think I saw it. I think it was back and forth because you invited me to the anchor. Yes, I did. Okay. Thank I, you, by the way, because that's actually a very useful group. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. I had no idea how to use anchor. Ah. I had no idea anything like that. So oh, it's wow. very beneficial. Okay. Well, yeah. I invited her to the anchor podcast group. And I think I invited her to a few other podcast groups that I felt like Angie would benefit from for her show but that literally is the last part of the conversation now that we're going to get into because i'm so 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 hyped to hear the story behind yellow podcast so where do you get your idea for yellow podcast from do you have any advice for those listening who may be interested in starting a podcast etc 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 Okay, so Poetic Truth, um, we hold poetry nights. So we do like um, down here at um, right near our house, very near um, like a t-shirt shop. We have this this person, this associate, and he actually runs like his own t-shirt shop and he does like his own designs and stuff. And so he has a really, really, really dope art studio in the middle of his shop. And so he sells original paintings. Um, and so we will hold the open mic in there. So we'll bring like, um, we don't even really bring anything. We just bring ourselves. He has chairs and stuff. And we have wine. Like a, I get wine, a little bit of food. I sell tickets. Yeah. So okay, tequila. Okay. That is, that's a food group now. Okay. Just in case no one knew. Wine is a food group. Ooh. It is a necessity. Okay. Yes, tequila. So, yes. Um, so we bring that and it gets people a little looser and open to share. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have to make people a little more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, and so our first one, we packed it out. It was so much fun. People like, I, I was so surprised how much people love that kind of stuff here. And there is another group that does like poetry and things here, but we're very different in the way that we do things. Like they, they'll hold open mics and things like that strictly to create. I like to hold, hold the open mics to bring the creators together. It's a, it's a little mm, different. Okay. And so, like, that's why I bring the wine, is to make people a little more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And if everyone usually doesn't share. Some people come just to spectate. Some people actually just come to enjoy the art of poetry. Mm, and so, mm -hmm. um, after a few times that we held those, there were just a few people that kept coming or kept performing. Um, and so, we all started, like, a Facebook group. Um, I think there's like eight of us in the Facebook Messenger group, mm. and we literally talk like every day. Like we Whoa. do, like we pass our poetry back and forth, or just honestly, just have mental health check-ins. Like, hey, how are you doing? Like, what's going on? Um, and a lot of us never met. Like, we met in person a few times, but like not really. And so, sign um, me up. <laughs> we all, and so like anytime we would have the poetry nights, I would get them recorded mm -hmm. and put them on the Poetry Truth page. But I want it somewhere 
solely just for poetry. Right? Mm. So, like, so what can I do just for poetry? And then something for myself. Mm. You know, just, just for me and my poetry, what can I do? Um, and I have I started a book. Um, and I'm still working on it, but it's called Yellow. The book's called Yellow. Okay. Um, yellow is my favorite color. Um, but it's called Yellow, period. So it's a period at the end. There's a reason for that. And so I did the same thing with my podcast. And so the reason I started the podcast was to be a segue to the book, be a preview to the book. So I was going to put all the poetry, all my poetry on the podcast. And then the book was basically going to explain where all that poetry came from, right? Um, Kind of like a background of my life. It's going to be completely different now, though, um, because I've now incorporated other people on my podcast. Oh, so now the podcast sits as a um, a safe haven for other poets that want to present their poetry. Um, some of them have their own anchor stations, but mm-hmm. um, they still want to put it on yellow. So we still do that. Um, mm. It's uncensored. It's very raw. I don't censor anything on it. Um, a lot of times we do it behind beat. Sometimes we don't. Um, it's very easy. I'm like, hey, y'all, do y'all have a poem you want to send in? They record on their phone. They send it right in, put it on there, and it goes to Spotify, um, where mm-hmm. all my friends are basically at. Um, and so I love it. I love having a podcast because it gives me a, a moment to purge. It gives me my own space to create. Um, and just recently, I've had like five or six people tell me like how inspiring it has been for them or how they're like, hey, how can I go listen? You'd be surprised how many people like just like to hear people read poetry. Like, I did not. I thought it was like a lost art. I thought this was like something so rare people just wasn't into. And I'm like, oh no, I love it. You know, it's like like not the same level of people listening to music, but it's almost there. So, um, but I like it because I can just be myself. I can say what I want, do what I want. Um, and then it's not for everyone to see because you actually have to go follow it. You have to go follow it. You have to listen. It's not just up on Facebook just for anyone to see. And so um, I know the people who are following are following it for genuine reasons because they enjoy it, you know. And then I love being able to give the opportunity to other poets to be able to present their art in that way as well. Um, so, yeah, that's basically where Yellow came from. Um I'm still doing the book, but the book's going to be com- in a completely different direction. Um, they're branded the same, but they're not going to be told. They're not going to really be related. Um, so the yellow book is actually going to be like a fictional type of book now. Um, it's going to be, I'm actually going to have characters in it. Um, it's going to be original poetry in it. It's going to be a trilogy. It's going to be a lot of my, only my poetry in it, but it's not going to be based off my life. It's going to be actual fictional. So. Um, but it's the same logo, so mm-hmm. if you see, it's the same logo, it's the same title, but two different entities. And then I tell everyone all the time that Yellow Podcast is basically a branch off Poetic Truth. So it's Poetic Truth's podcast, specifically for poetry, no music related, only music on there would be for, like, the beat background. So, And you can find that on Instagram. At Yellow Poetry Podcast, you can find Poetry Truth on Instagram. And then in the Poetry Truth bio, you'll see Lavelle Sings, um, which is, of course, my husband, but my artist. So you can find him on Instagram. But you can find him anywhere on, as Lavelle Sings, like Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. Um, and so Poetry has so many different segments. Um, Yellow Podcast is just one of them. Mm, right. And so you were mentioning uh, 
you were mentioning a little bit earlier that um, that you had no initially you had no idea about Anchor. How did you find Anchor? And like, I know I got you hip to the Facebook groups, but how have you been faring in the Facebook groups since I kind of you know invited you in and you know? Well, it's been like I said, it's been helpful. Like so, like we actually used to have a radio show. Mm -hmm. um, the Poetic Truth Show was a radio show, right? Wow. And it still airs sometimes on Radio 434, which is actual app. Mm, yeah. okay. um, and so Radio 434 was making a comeback like a few months ago, right? And so they wanted us to bring the show back, but we decided not to have the show because of certain reasons. Um, just creatively, like we're not at that space where we want to have radio show, but they still wanted our voice to be heard in some manner. And so that's where I came up. I was like, okay, so why don't we just do poetry? So the person who was going to invite us on was like, yeah, we really want you to read your poetry. We told you online. And so I sent them a few pieces. Um, and then I titled it Yellow. And I sent it to them. But the thing was, they encouraged me to have my own source as well. So send me your stuff, right? Like, send me your stuff, but they were encouraging me to also have my own days. So I was like, well, I got to find a podcast. You know, how do I do a podcast? I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I know how to do a lot of things. I don't know how to do a podcast. So I Googled it. I was like, free podcasting. And Anchor popped up. And it's very user-friendly, all free, um, and very easy to do right from your phone because I needed the easy availability of it. I needed it to be very user-friendly. I can do it. Like, I, sometimes I record on my lunch breaks. Like, it's just that easy. And so, um, yeah, that's how I stumbled upon Anchor. So, and then I realized, like, so many other people use Anchor as well. And so, um, I, I like Anchor because it distributes to other places. I'm still learning how to because I'm still trying to get on Apple podcast. I'm still not on Apple, but it's okay because I'm on Spotify. I got a lot of followers from Spotify, so I'm not that bad. But um, I'm still trying to learn like the RSS feed and things like that. <clears throat> but um, excuse me, but yeah, I do. I do like Anchor. It's just so easy to use. It's super easy to upload something like in fast. So, mm. oh <clears throat> my goodness! Wow. So, I guess now it's plug time. Um, so, where can everybody list? You know. Find your find you online, your husband, book services, follow yeah. you, everything, you know. So you if you this is the easiest thing you can do. Okay. Go on Facebook to Poetic Truth. Um, the at sign Poetic Truth Inc. INC. <coughs> you find us there as well as on Instagram. If you get there, you will find Lavelle, you will find Yellow Podcast, um, and then you can book services from there as well. Um, if you're just interested in Lavelle and all his music, you can find him on every social media platform um, at Lavelle Sings. And it's L-O-V-E-L-L-S-I-N-G-S. -L -L you can find him on SoundCloud, Spotify, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, everywhere. Just off that. Um, it's the same name across the board. Um, and then, of course, you can find Yellow Poetry Podcast um, on Instagram and Spotify. Excuse me. Wow. But yeah, yeah. So like Shane's plug. Thank you. And then um, we have yellow part poetry podcast shirts. We have poetry shirts, and then Lavelle is coming out with his own Bell Squat shirt. So depending on who want to support, want to support all of them, just inbox me, 
get you a shirt. So, which I wore my shirt yesterday. I should have worn it today, but I usually wear it. So, wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. This family of entrepreneurs is so big. I cannot wait to see what their kids do in the future. But, um, I believe now we're going to shut it down, but I just wanted to, you know, bring her on to the show for the simple fact that, I mean, I knew her story would be impactful. I knew you all would love hearing about what you know, Ange and the fam are doing, and this was a critical catch-up day. Like, I needed this, so... Thanks, Ange. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I definitely, definitely appreciate it. This was really fun. Um, I can't wait to hear the entire podcast. Um, and of course, let me know so I can help share your episodes and stuff like that. You're doing awesome jobs. So I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, the last thing that I will say before I close out is that. Um, the number one thing that I personally believe you need when you're in this creative space like us is a support group. It is so, yeah. it is so, it is so encouraging to hear and say that at her job that everyone supports everyone, no matter what, you know, line of entrepreneurship and creativity they're in. Everyone is piggybacking. Everyone's going to find stuff, buy shirts, listen to episodes. You, you absolutely need to have a solid support group that will, you know, that will back you and that will support you through, through thick and thin. Because the reality is some people can't be showing up to their jobs like check this out because conflict of interest reasons and yeah. you know they can get... and of course something like that mm -hmm. you know you can do different things but to be able to be a part of something that you can it's yes. very good oh yes oh yes but yeah just think about that y'all like this whole episode was geared toward creativity but if y'all don't take anything else away that we said just Get you a support group, yo. Just get you a support group. It's it, it'll bless your life. But anyway, that's the end of the show. Um, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can uh, at Life Tips Podcast. Tweet me and DM me there if you're interested in engaging. Of course, I have my own Twitter, auth underscore Jen underscore person. And of course, don't forget to continue listening to past episodes online at www.anchor.fm backslash life tips. We are soaring towards 2,000 plus downloads. So please continue to leave ratings and reviews on Apple and Google as that helps out tremendously. Thank you all so much for listening in and I will see you all in next week's episode. Peace.